Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Tech, episode 35, Kaltura, for March 3rd, 2011. This week, our special guest is Zohar Babin, head of community uh, and developer relations at Kaltura. And what's special about Zohar is not only his uh, knowledge and expertise, but his location. He is uh, literally on the other side of the planet, coming to us from Tel Aviv, Israel. And so that's uh, um, exciting to us. We, we're going to be speaking with uh, people from uh, all around the world uh, in the near future. We've got Zohar today. We have a guest coming up in the near future from uh, uh, Kabul, Afghanistan, and then we have another one coming up very soon from uh, Germany. I'm not sure which city. I forget. Uh, right. So uh, the uh, the Taiwan Tech is going global, folks, not just in our outreach, but also in our, our uh, in-reach as people come and contact, uh, uh, co- talk to us from uh, all over the world. And so as a result of that... It is really early. Yes. Um, to, to make, uh, the whole time zone thing, uh, work out. Uh, we got here this morning at about 5.30 o'clock, uh, 5.30 o'clock. 5.30 o'clock, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, see, that's, that's how early it is. Right. About 5.30 in the morning, um, local time, uh, for us so that, uh, we could, uh, uh accommodate Zohar, so um, I expect there to be lots of editing to be done, post-production <laughs> in this show, and lots of uh, uh, misspeaking to be done on my part, so uh, just know that's coming. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting uh, that we see uh, how often this is starting to happen where we've got people from all around the world um, not only uh, coming on the show, uh, people like this, but also uh, listeners, and it's just really neat to see that there's that global community uh, and and I, I'm interesting. I'm interested to see where that goes, you know, with like our kids, you know, it, it's kind of novel to us. Right. But uh, to younger generations, it may not be so novel. I, I would hope at least. It just goes to show you show you that there are cheapskates all over the world. Absolutely. Yeah, right. I mean, we're Americans, right? We're the, we're the fat bloated, you know, gloats of the world. So. I take a sec- exception to that. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, 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 man, yeah, I, I imagine you're going to be putting a lot of markers in this one. And, <laughs> yeah, I, that's all right. I'm not all the way there. And so on that uh, note, we're not going to uh, dilly-dally much farther, but I do want to say that we uh, have a, another voicemail. We've uh, been featuring those, and uh, uh, hopefully we will have more to come because at this point, this is our last one. So uh, uh, we encourage you to uh, call us in again on our voice uh, voicemail line at uh, 530-FRUGAL2 or the uh, the widget there on our website. Uh, but this is uh, our friend Seth, somebody who uh, Sean and I have known for a long time, and he has something to say to us today. So take it away, Seth. Hey, Mark and Sean, this is Seth, and I was calling in regards to, I believe, episode 32. You both left technology and teacher tips regarding file converters, and I wanted to plug my favorite one, which is Format Factory. If you just Google Format Factory, you can pull it up. You can do um, audio, video, pictures, as well as some basic editing and DVD ripping. Anyway, that's my favorite uh, video converter, and I thought I would pass it along. Thank you very much. You all do a great job. Bye. Yeah. I can't believe we left that out. I, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked because honestly, that, that's my favorite too. I, I always, uh, one, I install Format Factory on any computer I own and, uh, that's usually the first one I go to, um, and it handles it really well. Now, uh, 
it's not, you know, super high end or, you know, real super technical, but that's kind of the beauty of it. It's very point and clicky and, uh, you can go from, uh, just about any file format to any other file format. And, uh, I love it. So it's kind of amazing. I went through and, and I thought, well, surely we've talked about format factory, but it's right. not in any of the tips of the week. It's not in any of the show notes. We've just, we've given no love to format factory. And we uh, thank you, Seth, for helping us correct that because it is a great tool, uh, in its simplicity. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, how often have we, uh, we see that on, uh, the listserv emails and things like that. And people are asking about these, uh, that, that topic seems to come up at least like once a month. You know, uh, people are looking for some sort of solution to give to their teachers that they can, uh, work with, uh, video conversion. And, uh, that's usually what we throw out there. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, Seth. All right. You, uh, you ready to kick this, uh, interview off? Because I'm going to go to sleep probably. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yes, thank we thank you. We do have uh, um, uh, Zohar in the wings, and uh, so we'll get straight to that. Uh, Zohar, tell us a little bit about uh, about yourself, your uh, um, experience in the world of tech, and what brought you to where you are today as head of community and developer relations for Kaltura. Wow. Uh, long story short, I, um, I'm actually not that um, uh, in, in terms of, of uh, years. I'm only 25 years old. So, um, not that of an adult. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I, uh, uh, my father had uh, um, his own computers company, so he provided uh, IT and electricity services. Um, around Israel. Um, so I uh, kind of was uh, um, exposed to computers at a very early age um, and uh, um, kind of went from there. Um, around the age of 16, I just kind of started my own part of the of my father's company, which focused on the software side. Um, and uh, I, I since I can remember myself, I was uh, fascinated by uh, uh, 3D art and, and video, and I started editing video myself. Um, during my uh, part of my service army, I also did a lot of uh, uh, 3D animations uh, and video editing and, and a lot of uh, uh, producing. And um, and then the, in the background, also uh, software development. So I, I kind of tried and... and did both of them all along, even though I, I never actually mixed them. Um, little after um, I, I, I finished my uh, army service, I was uh, contacted by the founders of Cultura and um, was again fascinated by the idea of uh, uh, joining my two uh, passions, which were uh, video editing and, and software development. Into creating the uh, one of the first v- online video editors uh, back then, which was, was uh, four four years ago. Um, all along in the background, I also uh, uh, managed communities. So one of the biggest communities um, Adobe Flash has, which is the uh, Flash and Flex community uh, here in Israel, um, I uh, I managed. The, the community, which is uh, Flashu, Flashu as in Flash and double O, C-O-I-L. Um, so community was also in the background. 
mostly because um, I never got an official training or an official education for uh, computer science or software development. Um, so all I know was from books and from online forums and communities. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of was... Uh, I was involved always and uh, was always uh, interested in, in ways to um, be involved in projects, contribute, uh, and then find more ways to uh, both help in other projects as well as learn myself. Um, so uh, in Kaltura, when we decided to go the open source way and um, kind of open up everything, everything and then work with developers, that's where I did the transition and moved away from being a software, full-time software developer um, to someone who actually builds a community and, uh, and managed uh, um, the part where how we talk to developers, what activities we do, how we open up the stuff, uh, the software, the uh, the widgets, the, the all all the things that we create, and and how do people interact with it on the code side, on the code level? So and it's kind of a, a mix between um, a lot of a lot of uh, things. So I code at night. I uh, do a lot of work with the marketing team uh, during the day. I go to meetings. I go to I, I create meetups, events. Uh, I go Go to speak at events and uh, get to talk about uh, cool things. And uh, every now and then you appear on a podcast. Um, well, this is actually my first one. All right. Oh, well, wow. Well, you're doing great. Uh, well, what you said there leads us uh, into uh, one of my first questions was, uh, I'd like you to distinguish uh, Kaltura the company and Kaltura the open source project. Uh, and what you are describing there, uh, it, interestingly, it sometimes goes, uh, the open source project founds a company, but it sounds like you went the other way around. You were a company first, and you open sourced your product. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Yes, that's correct. We Kaltura is, uh, in fact, really unique in that um, in that aspect. We were a company before that. Um, we we're still still a startup in many ways, but you know we're pretty we're doing well um, in the way up. So, so uh, yes, we were a company, uh, and uh, we had uh, quite a bit of uh, success. Yes, um, and then we decided opening up. In, in um, many reasons, uh, part of it is doing good, and also uh, you know, kind of finding more crowd and more interested people uh, that can't pay for things but can definitely contribute and work on the project, and 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 then the project will evolve uh, by itself. And then um, you know, it just it's just a, a very natural decision to get your project out there. Um, Okay, so yes, so there is a, a a bit of definition, uh, a bit of difference, sorry, between the corporate, which is uh, uh, defining in, in the Kaltura.com webpage uh, website, and uh, uh, the community, which is Kaltura.org. Um, and yeah, this is the difference. Um, the the whole company is. Uh, um, just a bit of over a hundred people, um, and we're growing. And, um, yeah, it's, okay. it's very interesting being an open source project that doesn't really 
not doesn't necessarily start as an open source project and doesn't necessarily uh, originate in the same roots as the as other open source projects. Well, let me just tell you a little bit about uh, my experience with Calturi. It actually came up as a result of uh, an interview we did for this show. I had never heard of it, uh, and we had a guest on who was talking about uh, integrating video into his Moodle uh, installation and how he used Kaltura to do that. Uh, so I started uh, experimenting and, and came up with Kaltura CE, the community edition, the open source platform. And just uh, I'm, I'm going to give my uh, impression of it, and you can clean up where I was wrong. Uh, but for our listeners, there's essentially you have your open source product, which is um, fully functional, but but pretty raw, uh, and it's it's the, the the code base, and you can download and you set it up on your own servers, uh, and it has a, a pretty limited interface. Uh, but other people have gone and being open source have have uh, um, added to uh, that capability. For example, uh, at our installation at our school, uh, in our our Joomla based website, we now have an import. Uh, video button and you click one button and um, all the the everything just sort of happens you upload your video it's transcoded on the end and you get a, a, an option to share it or embed it right in the website and same on our Moodle we have uh, things that other people have built so without uh, having to go through the the corporate stuff if you're willing to go through and and do some of the homework yourself set up your own server and, and do that sort of things uh, you have essentially your own in-house sort of YouTube you take any uh, any video source you, you want and you uh, upload it and Kaltura does all the uh, uh, transcoding on the back end and makes it all web ready uh, and then your Kaltura.com on the other side if you if we want Kaltura to do all the server stuff and give us a nice pretty clean interface we can pay for a service on that um, and then you get so everything that I just mentioned plus it's easier to work with and you have multi-user management and, and that sort of thing is that uh, a fairly accurate description um, yeah in, in some ways uh, you missed here and there so it's, it's essentially if I try to um, make a, a bird's eye view of, of uh, the different editions that Kaltura is, is available at. Essentially, we have three. So, so the first one is, as you said, Kaltura.com, which is a software-as-a-service solution. You go to Kaltura.com, you sign up for a trial, or you buy a package, and you know, and immediately you can upload videos and syndicate them, uh, distribute them, whatever that you need. So things like, for example, you upload a video, you transcode it into many, multiple fl flavors, uh, make it available for web playback for uh, uh, devices like iPhone, etc. And then you can also uh, export that as uh, different flares that you will create um, as feeds and feeds that you can, for example, syndicate and distribute to iTunes or YouTube, etc. Um, and then all of the, the solutions that you will need to manage media, and not just video, so images, audio, and documents related to those, um, is, is available through that. And th this is software as a service. It's a complete solution that doesn't require you to be uh, having your own data center or even know about IT stuff, um, your own. So, so that that is uh, very good for those who don't want to, um, you know, manage your own server. And then there is uh, uh, there are two solutions um, 
that are self-hosted. One is the Kultura CE, which is open source platform, um, as you said. Um, and, and again, and it, it actually includes everything in the other packages, um, only you can download it, install it on your server, um, and then you manage your, you know, everything on your own. You get admin interfaces, uh, you get the code, you get to uh, tinker around it, you get to uh, change things, um, and then everything is under your control, but then it's, it's under a GPL, which means um, you have to collaborate with the community and contribute back. Uh, whatever you create on top of it, um, you know, just like any other open source platform. Um, and then <clears throat> uh, we also have the uh, Kaltura on-prem, which is uh, the Kaltura in commercial license for uh, large corporations or, you know, whoever is interested in uh, having his own Kaltura data center um, and, and having the software and everything managed in his uh, data center. Um, but he's also in need for a commercial license that allows him um, not to contribute back, um, allows him to uh, keep the um, intellectual property of the changes, allows him to get SLAs from Kaltura, so we provide uh, an SLA to him based on that license, um, allows him to get support and services, allows him to get additional solutions that we create just for him. Um, so those are are the, the three main uh, flavors that you can get Kaltura in. Awesome. I, I, I'm kind of curious uh, because I think there's a, uh, a decent amount of schools out there that are uh, their IT department is really headed up by a, a former teacher and maybe somebody that's not really uh, particularly uh, strong on tech. Uh, the Kaltura.com, you know, the software as a service. Uh, what if a school was wanting to go that route? What, what are they looking at paying? Is that a yearly license? Is, uh, how, do, how does that work? So are you talking about the, the software as a service? Correct. Or the, okay, so software as a service is, is fairly simple. It's built on uh, the amount of usage that you have in terms of bandwidth and hosting space. Um, so the more you use, the more you pay, and you just pay as you go. Uh, we have packages that are specified on Kaltra.com. Um, so it's all open. There's a section called pricing, and you can go there. Um, and see the pricing. I think it starts around 400 a month. Um, and then uh, there are additional features that you can build on top of your uh, basic package. Um, so that will, you know, be an, an additional cost for you. Do they get uh, with that? Is that, is there, I guess, uh, yeah, again, thinking from a school's perspective, do they have uh, quite a bit of control over that content? Uh, how does that work? Yes. So unlike that, you know, uh, a common question that that comes up a lot is, so what's the difference? Why shouldn't I use YouTube, for example? Uh, so the main difference is that you have the control here. Um, you own the content. You get to do whatever you want with it. Um, it's secured, and then nobody else can, can access that content, and you can serve advertising on top of it. You can sell it, whatever you need to do. Um, unlike, you know, other sharing websites where you can do that because you're uh, obligated by their rules not to stream advertising, for example, or, or not to sell the content, or etc. Um, so you get... <clears throat> 
have full access, full control, you own the content, it's all yours. Um, Kaltura is just, you know, it's, it's if you want to uh, um, have a comparison to something, so it will be uh, like the Amazon uh, cloud solution. So it's your own server, even though it's hosted on Amazon.com. It, everything is yours. Uh, let's let me ask the technical question: uh, Do I get my own server for that, or am I getting a shared hosting? How does that actually work on the back end? So yeah, in, in a way, com provides you a, a space in, in our data center. It's not really a, your own server, even though you can um, if you um, so. For example, large corporations that require uh, Kaltura to manage their solutions, and then they don't want to have their IT teams um, interacting with the Kaltura server, uh, we can set up a data center just for them. But um, usually, when you go to Kaltura.com, uh, you get a, a shared space with uh, uh, with all the other partners. Um, of course, it's all secured. It's all, uh, uh, you know, Divided and separated into each partners, so a publisher can't see another publisher's content without having the the access to, of course. I, I've got to ask. We're several minutes into the uh, interview here, and I forgot to ask the the big question: uh, What does the name mean, Kaltura? Where did it come from? <laughs> good question. Uh, good question. <laughs> um, well, I. I I think not, not nothing really special here. It's essentially, uh, if you imagine a uh, uh, culture and collaboration, and, uh, kind of a mix between them. Culture in many languages uh, comes from kultura, uh, uh, um, so it's kind of a word game. Okay, so um, it's a word you yeah. made up. Yeah, yeah, something like that. There's nothing here. Okay, nothing special except for it being. Really cool. I was looking for some great, you know, some Norse god or something. Right. <laughs> god of video editing. <laughs> so, uh, so oh, yeah. now, uh, of course, so we, we just talked about the software as a service, but, uh, of course, you, you also have a robust uh, open source uh, community uh, at Kaltura.org uh, where you've got uh, forums and, uh, uh, you know, uh, basically where everybody can get together and collaborate on the project. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Right. So, as we said, we have Kaltura.com, which is the company, and then Kaltura.org, the, the community. Um, if you go to Kaltura.org, you get to see all the various projects. Um, so from Kaltura C itself, which is the whole server and everything packaged within it, but then um, you get also access to all the different uh, smaller projects within Kaltura. Um, so it would be the players, the video editors, the uh, uh, uploaders, and, and all the extensions for other CMSs. Um, and then you also get to see uh, documentation of course, and and, um, and and articles and and stuff like that. Uh, what's really strong about Kaltura.org is the fact that it's uh, evolving and, and becoming into a really strong community of people that are interested in online video um, in general, and not specifically just Kaltura. Um, a lot of resources and a lot of people that are interested in, in collaboration 
solution tools around video in, in solutions that go uh, beyond just uh, this, the basic concept of uh, video management. Um, you get to see a lot of cool projects. You get to see a lot of uh, uh, how people use culture, a lot of how people use uh, things like HTML5, for example, which we have a really big project that we can talk about later. Um, yeah, so, so Caltrata.org is basically the community. It's the place where uh, people go to meet other developers that are interested in either Caltrata or, or online video. Um, and we, we like to think of it as uh, leading the open video revolution. It's also um, a good being, place to go and get help because I've been uh, around that site myself, and uh, it's not just for developers who are who are sharing off the ideas. It's for us regular folk who don't really know what's going on too. I, I've found uh, uh, lots of valuable information in there uh, to help me set up my own uh, video thing. Uh, so I just wanted to give that plug there. Uh, you're a developer, so you see it from that end. I'm a user, and, and our listeners are gonna, going to be mostly users, and I just want to let them know that there's value there for just the regular user as well. I did have one thing I wanted to yes, mention. Definitely. I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, so I, I wanted to add to that point and say, um, you know, more than just developers, you can find a lot of information there. For example, we have, uh, uh, in the forums, we have special sections, for example, for education. And we also, if you go to the main page, you'll see a list of uh, uh, listservs and and, um, and then, you know, where you can find more knowledge. Um, there's a lot of uh, um, specific focus that we do around education as well. In general, in Caltrea, we have... Uh, uh, four main verticals that we try to focus on, um, and, and those are uh, education, media and entertainment, enterprise, and then service providers. Um, and education being uh, one of the really, uh, the most successful ones. Um, we do a lot of work with universities. Uh, we do work with uh, education networks. Uh, um, and then you can also see a lot of uh, a lot of people using the CE, uh, that are coming either from universities, K-12 schools, um, and, and even private schools and, and you know, education facilities. Uh, we also have a job board there, so if you're looking to, to get help or, um, you know, find someone to help you set up your own Kaltura server or find someone to help you create an, a plugin for widgets or, or create an integration to your website, this is a really good plug all the, the uh, more talented community developers and, and cultural developers are hanging around there. Um, you'll find more information about cultural meetups and activities um, and events that we're doing or events that we will be um, visiting or speaking at. Um, so it's a good place to find out what's going on and where to meet cultural folks. Um, and then uh, there's a lot of places where you can find information about what others are doing with it, um, you know, shared and and stuff like that. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to, I know that you're focusing on education, and I'd just like to uh, uh, mention that we also have a lot of integrations with other LMSs. So, for example, Blackboard, Sakai, Moodle, uh, um, and then uh, we also have partners like desire to learn and, and um, Remote Learner that are, um, you know, integrated with Kaltura. So if your school is using Kaltura or using those solutions, um, then you can definitely 
at ease can use those uh, solutions and, and, you know, stay within the uh, front end, stay within the, the, the applications that your users already are familiar with. Um, so just the short list of examples would be MIT, New York University, Princeton, and UVA, um, a lot more of those. Okay, and, and that's a, a, a very good point, one that I alluded to earlier, is uh, our users uh, at our school don't see Kaltura ever. They see the Moodle plug-in or the Joomla plug-in, and so it's it's like you said, that environment they're already used to, already in the editor, they understand. I'm the only one who ever sees the Kaltura side of it, uh, and honestly, I don't have to do much with it, uh, very rarely, and, and uh, uh, it, it pretty much, you just kind of set it and go. And one thing that uh, we've glossed over a couple of times here that you've mentioned and I want to highlight is uh, Kaltura is not just about taking something you've created and publishing it. It has a, a pretty full-featured editor in there as well in that you can take multiple clips and mash them up and make something new within the web interface. Uh, discuss that a little bit because I think that's somewhat unique as to what Kaltura can do that other uh, solutions can't. Yeah, um... So yeah, yeah, it is it is very interesting. In, in many ways, we have a lot of uh, uh, customers that have tried and used, and uh, mostly uh, the online and the editors and then the whole editing system within Kaltura is something that we've been playing around with since the first day of Kaltura. So uh, we we really haven't talked about how we started, but Kaltura uh, actually started as being a destination site that mixes between wikis and and videos. So in a, a very natural way, we needed to provide ways for people to, to uh, collaborate on creating videos together. So video editors were uh, uh, the first thing that we started with. Uh, um, but then um, as we grew and as, as more universities and more people have used Kaltura, we kind of learned uh, patterns and, and requirements of, of clients and, and how people are using Kaltura. And it seems as, uh, that the things that are more important online-wise are uh, enabling services for editing and not just specifically the front-end for editing video. Um, so if, if you try to uh, see it in many ways, there are already good video editors, both open source and not, that are desktop based and are very and, and are really good and and you know universities or uh, education facilities are using them either with license or open source. But then uh, what they're missing is the uh, option of connecting the content between various editors, uh, whether all you know worldwide or just in different locations. Um, so you need ways to uh, collaborate. You need ways to share the videos and then you also need ways to and this is you know now we're actually talking about uh, future um, you need ways to automatically generate and sequence videos um, so APIs that provide you ways to manipulate videos or change the way they look or uh, you know take a really long video and then trim it to various other you know smaller parts and then merge some of them together um, so yeah, th this is the future that we're seeing right now, um, and it is definitely something that's very uh, interesting um, to a lot of clients. 
All right. Well, you mentioned the future. We've talked a little bit about the past and the present. Tell me about the future of Kaltura. Where where do you want it to be uh, in the next five years? So, in a nutshell, Kaltura would like to be the MySQL of online video. Um, so, if you, you will see... Um, Today, if you want to install your own server, it's very natural that you go and download the XAM uh, package, for example. So you have either a, uh, 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 so you have your own box with the Linux and MySQL, PHP, and Apache, right? Um, Kaltura would like to be there as the additional layer that provides the medium management, which is a whole solution and a you know a whole set of problems on its own and this is where we're focusing and this is where we feel we're really really good okay um, I'm I'm a little curious about uh, uh, and I, I know you've mentioned about the uh, just the Kaltura, I guess, sense of community uh, and community involvement. And uh, you had put in the show notes here uh, that they were a founder of the Open Video Alliance. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, so the Open Video Alliance is uh, in some kind of an umbrella organization that provides um, a place for everybody that is interested in uh, open sourcing video, uh, in, in general, not just the technology part of it. So, uh, it combines editors, producers, uh, people who care about the codecs and the licenses, um, and then, you know, at the level of the content itself, as well as the, the technology around it. So, promoting HTML5 technologies, uh, promoting uh, open source technologies around video like Kaltura. Um, the founding members are Mozilla, Wikimedia Foundation, Yale, ISP, and, and PCF, which is the, the participatory culture foundation, uh, the people who are, are behind the Myro uh, application. Um, so, and, and Kaltura. And this is the, the main goal of it is to open source video uh, on the web, make it free, make it easy to access, um, and just put down the wall uh, that around creating video today and then getting video online. Um, one of the biggest problems, for example, for artists today, if you have uh, uh, if you create your own video and you want to get, get it to a major um, you know, before the, before the web age, you couldn't do that, right? Because everything is actually uh, controlled and governed by uh, large corporations and, and media companies. Um, today, things are changing. The web is open. Um, and anybody can essentially have, have his own blog and start his own channel, and many, many people can see it and then participate. Um, and in a way... Um, one of the main goals for the OBA is to maintain that status and, and to um, try and open up as much as possible the web and provide easy access to everyone, even those who can't afford, um, you know, expensive licenses, expensive gear, um, and then broadcasting fees, for example. 
We're all about people who can't afford the expensive. Right. Um, I wanted to, to ask you something. This is may, uh, maybe a, a pretty uh, geeky question. Uh, but as we're talking about this infrastructure style uh, of video where it's just, it just becomes part of the, the pipes of the Internet, uh, what role is HTML5 going to play in that? I know Google is, is putting a lot of their weight into HTML5, and you mentioned the Mozilla Foundation. They're uh, big into it as well. And, and I know that Kaltura has some... Um, uh, dalliances in that as well tell us a little bit about uh the racial relationship between the the video web of tomorrow and html5 and how we're going to get from here to there that's a good question culture is actually very involved in um creating html5 solutions and, and promoting its usage um one of the major projects that we have are, uh, is, is, uh, bringing video into Wikipedia. Um, and for that, we have created an HTML5 library, um, that allows users to, uh, collaborate on video on, on, on several layers. One, one is contribute media and video, uh, played back on the web page without having to use any plugins or, um, special gear and, and special technologies that cost money. And then um, the ability to, to um, manipulate that content, so to edit it together, just like in Wikipedia today with text and images. So you could go um, see a, a video on a Wikipedia page and then say, and, and then hit the edit button and go directly into a, an online video editor just within your browser, uh, drag and drop, create transitions, change audio levels, um, create effects, add text layers, etc., and then mesh that video up and, and add to it or, you know, modify that video. Um, and, and essentially that will bring live video and... and um, all that you expect of of of, uh, of the Wikipedia experience um, into video. Wow, that is a an wow, impressive is- vision, and I I look forward to today the day when that's there uh right now pretty much all if uh the interaction with Kaltura is flash based is that correct um not necessarily Kaltura tries to stay agnostic as much as possible to technology so we have solutions for um, the the main three, which are Serverlight, HTML, and, and Flash. Okay. Um, we provide all of them. Though you know, Flash is the default choice today because it's just you know the default choice in general. Um, it's available everywhere, but uh, HTML5 is uh, just as equally. Uh, we also have, uh, as part of the library that I, I was referring to before, uh, um, we have a JavaScript solution that um, sits right on top of your page and identify which device the user uh, is using, which browser the user is viewing the web page with, and then decides based on this um, which technology to use for the playback. So, for example, if the user is coming from an iPhone, um, which doesn't have Flash, it will choose to use HTML and and uh, relevant codec, which would be H.264. But then if the user is coming from um, the web browser um, that doesn't support HTML5, 
um, then it will use the default flash choice for, for that user. Um, so yeah, we try to stay agnostic. We try to provide all-around solution. Um, we do believe uh, that it will become an industry standard. Um, and uh, um, while supporting everything, uh, we do believe uh, and, and promote as part of the OVA uh, uh, opening up as much as possible, and um, that includes uh, uh, enabling work with WebM, for example, and and Octiora, um, and try to yeah we, we try to provide as much as a uh, complete solution as possible. Um, um, and you know, from the user point of view, while, while it's very important, uh, usually the user will not care, right? The user doesn't know the difference between HTML5 and Flash. Um, so what the user does care about is that the content will always be available. And this is where um, we feel that we need to make the most of effort. Um, is there any uh, roadmap to incorporate live video? Right now we're talking about uploading uh, existing video, uh, but is there a, a point where, like you know, the Wikipedia example, where I'm going to be able to uh, just click on and upload from my webcam and, and incorporate that into the editor? Uh, so inside Wikipedia, I can't really provide a specific. Well, uh, that was just an example. That. that was just an example. But is the is it uh, within the Kaltura platform? Is it in your your plan to incorporate oh, yeah, the streaming of and the recording um, so, of live video? Oh yeah, definitely. So as part of Kaltura.com and as part of Kaltura C and on-prem, uh, you get a full featured solution, and so that also includes live streaming, webcam recording, and all of that. Um, that's already in. Oh, it's already there. Okay. It's already there. So uh, could you use it? Uh, could Kaltura be used uh, in the same vein as a live stream or a Justin.tv where it's uh, uh, a one-to-many broadcast solution as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Let me uh, – uh, so there was a, uh, an Earth Day event um, last year, I think, uh, and I'll, I'll try to dig up the, the link from somewhere. But, uh, yeah, Kaltura can be used on – on massive scales of you know even one million you know concurrent viewers of your of your streams, um, as well as smaller scales uh, like uh, broadcasting to your class um, at, at at school. So yeah, you can use it for um, both creating a, a platform like Justin TV as well as uh, just you know creating your own web TV channel. So basically, whatever your server and bandwidth can handle, then I guess. Yeah. Or if that's, yours that's can't, Kaltura's so, can. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was just going to add to that: if if your personal in-house server can't, you can always buy a server or server space at Kaltura.com, and they can. Yes. Yes, and then for that, you know, we Kaltura doesn't aim to uh, provide all solutions, but we. You aim to provide a, a unified solution to all. So um, while you know the the, the code the, the, and the, the platform itself doesn't support doesn't provide uh, the streaming services themselves, uh, Kaltura does integrate with uh, Flash Media Server, Red Five, 
than, than almost any CDN out there. Um, we try to make it as easy as possible for you as a developer and, and as someone that will use the Kaltura server to integrate Kaltura with your own CDN or with your own server. Um, so yes, in a way, whatever your server can support and whatever your CDN can support, um, Kaltura will work with. And that extensibility is uh, growing daily. I'm guessing uh, uh, you have an application exchange uh, where uh, numerous plugins and extensions are being added probably daily, weekly, I imagine? Uh, yes. We, uh, we hope for it to be daily. Um, <laughs> we do get a lot of interest from partners and, and from uh, uh, individual developers and companies uh, interested into um, you know, selling their services on top of Kaltura and providing solutions on top of the Kaltura uh, uh, platform. So um, if you need solutions for subtitles or transcriptions or, um, you know, interactive layers, etc., Kaltura Exchange would be the place to find them because, you know, naturally not everything can be supported, uh, you know, in the core of Kaltura. Um, but, you know, being open source helps a lot because everybody can just, you know, tinker with the code, open up things and then add their own stuff. But then, um, we build the way we build Kaltura to be, uh, flexible and extendable. Um, we provide APIs, we provide client libraries. Uh, there's a whole set of, of, uh, of plugins that you can create on the server for almost any use case. Um, so we try to make a lot of efforts and, and we put a lot of uh, 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 resources into making the, the platform something that is easy to extend and easy to uh, to maintain later on so other partners and other solution providers can integrate their solutions with Kaltura. Yeah, I, I was impressed with Kaltura before this interview began. I'm even more impressed with it now. It's, uh, it's been very informative. Uh, and, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here just because, uh, want to be respectful of, of your time and, uh, don't want to make a marathon, uh, episode for our <laughs> listeners as well. Uh, so I will just leave that, uh, to you, the, the final words. Uh, what, what was, what's the last thing you'd like to leave our audience with? A, a bit of information or, or, or what have you? Uh, so on online video is rapidly evolving. Um, you gotta uh, keep ahead. You gotta uh, uh, see and find ways to um, you know be innovative and and integrate that asset into your uh, uh, daily education uh, solutions. For example, or in your uh, in your class uh, materials. Um, Kaltura is, is a great place, kaltura.org and kaltura.com is, is a great place and a great resource to start with because um, instead of, um, you know, starting from zero and building your stuff, uh, you get to start from a really higher place where most of the solutions are already in place and then you can integrate your own uh, thoughts and, and ideas uh, into that. Um, I think there are there are a lot of great um, possibilities. Um, I would like to, to mention just a, a couple of, of uh, really uh, exciting use cases of people using Kaltura C. One would be Shotlit.com, which is a startup that builds a, a 
an online experience of uh, uh, that that educate people on how to create videos um, and sequences relevant to their uh, event. So, for example, if you go to a wedding and you want to create a, a wedding uh, video, then it takes you step by step on how you should uh, film the, the event and then get the, the videos from that event um, to the web, uh, edit the videos into a, a larger sequence, and then export a single video out to, to share with your friends and, and family. And then there's also a, re a very interesting use case of uh, a public school, uh, Dearborn uh, Public Schools uh, District, and um, it's just a, a very exciting place of where they use Kaltura from, from uh, I think, the first version of Kaltura CE, and they're still using Kaltura with uh, WordPress and with uh, their internal solution. So they actually use Kaltura to uh, to do a number of uh, things uh, from education to archiving uh, meetings uh, um, online. Um, I think what I'll keep people with is, is uh, go to Kaltura.org, um, download Kaltura C, try it out, play with it around, go on the forums and, and share what you're doing and and your thoughts. Uh, join the uh, the education list and and see what other people is, are doing with it. Um, ask questions uh, and share ideas. And then the second thing would be um, if you are interested in in, in storytelling and um, how to be a better storytelling a storyteller and then create more interesting and more captivating. Uh, uh, stories, uh, join the OVA, uh, go to the uh, Open Video uh, Conference, which is an annual conference that the OVA holds. Uh, meet with other education people, meet with other educators uh, that are daily involved in, in how we can use uh, video to improve the education uh, experience and, and uh, how how can we make education more fun, more interesting, uh, and and uh, reach better results um, in in teaching in general? Uh, yeah, I think I'll go with that. All right. Well, uh, Zohar, that's uh, this has been awesome. Uh, really, you've been right. articulate and and informative, and and I, uh, if I would go on for another hour because I've got a lot of different questions, but uh, I will just leave it there. Uh, we're going to put on our website uh, some of the highlighted sites that you've uh, mentioned that are using uh, Kaltura CE. You've provided us with a few interesting sites there, and of course, always encourage people to to check out Kaltura.org or Kaltura.com to learn more about it. Uh, in my personal experience, I'll say you won't uh, you won't regret uh, uh, delving into it because it's uh, in, it's incredibly powerful. And um, while none of this is ever entirely easy, it's easier than you think it is. Right. Yeah. And so uh, uh, I also want to uh, invite the people that are interested into learning more. Uh, go on Kaltura.org. There's a, a Kaltura Inspire section where we share uh, what webinars and there you can find a lot more information about how people are using it and what other solutions uh, along with Kaltura um, 
we provide and, and create uh, in order to, um, you know, in provide better and more engaging solutions for education and video in education. Okay. And so on that note, uh, we're going to say goodbye. Thank you for being with us, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. Thank you, too. Once again, that was Zohar Babin, Head of Community and Developer Relations for the Kaltura Project. And uh, great to have him on. Yeah, I, I uh, it, you know, I wanted to respect his time, but I did have a couple of basic questions I figured I could probably ask you, Mark. Is uh, one, are we talking about a Linux-only server, or do they have different versions? Uh, that, that, that is a good question. Uh, my understanding is, yes, it, it runs entirely uh, on Linux. It uses some uh, uh, back-end stuff that is only available on Linux. I'm not aware of anybody who's done it on a Windows box or an, or an Apple server. And then... Uh I, you know, it seems like something that robust probably would need to be on its own hardware. Or We're running it on a VM at our school. Okay, okay. That, I figured you, you very well might be running it in a VM, <laughs> and I was wondering if that's what we were doing. Um, it is. Anytime you're transcoding video, it takes some time, no matter how hot your processor is. Uh, so the more you can throw at it, the better. Uh, but in our case, typically somebody uploads a 10 minute video, and it's up there and live in less than half half an hour i think that's a good point to make too because uh there's not really a whole lot of indication that that's going on so uh first time users will upload a video and then uh think that it's not working right uh, not realizing that it's having to do that in the background you get like an empty placeholder and you think well my video's not there and and at first it was very common for me to go into the back uh, back end of it and see the same video uploaded five or six times right because they would think it didn't work um so if you if you do that upload it and just wait because that uh, that share window that you have that starts out as blank will fill in once all the transcoding is done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and if you're uh, if you're servicing users, uh, that's one thing you definitely want to tell them up front right. uh, because uh, we we definitely saw that as people uploading multiple copies of the same video as an audiophile and the producer of this podcast. My uh, want is to apologize for the quality of that call, but. For crying out loud, he was in Tel Aviv, Israel, so it was, right. it was pretty good. Uh, there were some dropouts and some latencies, and of course, we were stepping on each other a, a little bit, and that's, uh, uh, that's to, kind of the way it goes, right? I don't, I don't really know that you can have a conversation, uh, literally on the other side of the planet without that happening. Right, and I think he even said that he had, uh, maybe suspect bandwidth as well, right, that he was dealing with. Well, he wasn't bullish on Skype, and for obvious reasons, it's a, if he's a, a hardcore uh, video and audio guy, and um, and you know the, those, it's going to drop out. It's going to to have compression artifacts, and I, I think he didn't like that. But um, maybe we should have done the interview over Kaltura. <laughs> so I think we'll move right on to our tips of the week, and and I will note that. Um, uh, Zohar put in our show notes some tips and teacher tips uh, uh, of his own that we will uh, put in the show notes. So that's a little added incentive, uh, incentive, incentive, yeah. sure. a little added incentive for those of you who are just listening to go check out the website because there will be uh, more than one tip of the week. So, I, uh, but I'm going to go on with my tech tip, um, and this one is uh, one that you're not going to use. Awesome, uh, awesome. Uh, <laughs> wow! It is early in the morning. Right. <laughs> this is one that you're not going to use often. 
often, but when you do need it, it's awesome. Uh, and that is called Slim Drivers, and it's available at driverupdate.net. They have two versions. They have a free version and a paid version. Uh, what I'm talking about today is just the free version. Um, and, uh, it's a little thing that you download. It's, it's common. There's lots of them out there. Uh, but you download to your uh, computer. It scans all your hardware and says, these are the drivers you need. Uh, and then take, and actually provides you web links where you can click on it and download it. Now, the paid version will actually go out and download it for you. But mm-hmm. it'll, uh, but the free one just provides you, uh, links where you go and download, uh, your drivers, um, uh, automatically. Now, it doesn't care um, if the driver you're using is the best driver. It looks at, is your driver the latest driver? So, you know, I've had situations where, like, on my uh, NVIDIA card, you don't want the new driver. The new driver is bad. Stick with the old driver. Right. Uh, that happens sometimes. Uh, so you might want to uh, be a little careful there. But if you've got this machine, like, if you're setting something up or you've had to totally blast a partition and restart and you just can't find a driver, Slim Drivers is a great little utility that you run. It And it goes out and, and finds everything on your machine and then provides you links that you can download it or for, uh, I think, 30 bucks a year. Uh, It'll do the whole thing for you automatically. All right. Well, uh, I'll jump in with the teacher tip now. Uh, and the teacher tip this week is timeme.com. That's T-I-M-E-M-E.com. And uh, timeme is a site where you can uh, basically pull up uh, some free uh, stopwatches and countdown timers and things like that. So uh, in the classroom, if teachers wanting to give a test, uh, you know, or a quiz or something of a specific length of time, um, then you can just pull this up on your computer and uh, run it. Uh, they do have, uh, let's see, three or four different, uh, three different uh, uh, free clocks. There's a, a timer stopwatch, a timer alarm clock, and uh, let's see, t- uh, they've got it listed as timer stopwatch CL. Um, but uh, to, to some degrees, these are customizable and uh, something that you can easily just go uh, and uh, either download it or access it through the web. So you can do it both ways. If you want to install it on your computer, you can. Uh, if not, you you can go right through the web interface. Uh, those free versions are ad-supported, so uh, that's how they're paying the bills. And then they do have uh, several other uh, different uh, similar devices that you can actually uh, pay for and uh, if you want to ditch the ads or get some added functionality but uh, for just the basics and uh, classroom use i think the free versions are all that you would need and uh, will do a great job so uh, timeme.com okay so if you ever just need a clock Right. right. Yeah. Or if you want to get, you know, if you want to get, uh, uh, particularly I can see like the countdown timer. And if you've got a, a, you know, uh, projector in the classroom and right. you want to just display it up there. So everybody I know can it's see common stand. in English classes to, uh, for the first X minutes of the day, you come in and you write. So the teacher puts this up on the board and the students know exactly how much time they have left to write right. before they get on. Yeah, so if you want to, you know, ditch the egg timer or whatever you're using. <laughs> so, all right. And so there we go. That's uh, our tips of the week and uh, and our great interview. So this is the part of the show where I tell you where you can get in contact with us. Uh, you can find uh, all of our uh, web goodness at uh, thetaiwadtech.com where you'll have the show notes for this show and and links to other great shows and, and our and our great community. The forums have, have really been active and uh, lots of good things going on there. Uh, 
if you want to follow our updates on Twitter and Facebook, again, just the tightwadtech.com, or excuse me, the tightwadtech for either Facebook or Twitter. So at the tightwadtech or facebook.com slash the tightwadtech. I'm getting kind of tired of doing this and I suspect you're getting tired of listening to it because it's the same <laughs> every week. Uh, but then also, uh, if you want to uh, join in and be heard, let your voice be heard, um, as uh, was one of our listeners at the beginning of the show, uh, you can uh, leave us a voicemail at uh, 530-FRUGAL2 is our phone number. Or again, there's a wet widget right there on our website. You just put in your phone number and Google will call you and you can speak to the world. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. All right. Uh, great show. And I guess I guess we're done. <laughs> yes. Sean, that's like the good day, sir, from Sean. Yes. Once he said great show, he's ready to get out I'm of here. Done. We're I'm done. done. So uh, thank you for joining us this week. And uh, for uh, as I always say, for now, this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off. <laughs>